Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical Word of the Day podcast. We don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. And I'm Josh. I'm here with Abe. Hey. Efren. Hello. Aaron. Hey now. And we're all over the place. Take us with you wherever you are. On the go, in the car, in the shower. Would you say that today's word is... Ubiquitous? (laughs) Everywhere? Yeah. Wait, is it ubiquitous or ubiquitous? It's ubiquitous, right? I've always heard it ubiquitous. Yeah. I've been pronouncing it wrong for 41 years, but that's okay. You might have a British pronunciation. Oh, Oh, really? I don't even know if they do it that way, but okay. (laughs) Ubiquity. Yeah, I wonder, because it looks like Latin or something like that, but uh, we put a Y at the front instead of uh, pronouncing. We did that with Utopia, too, though, actually. Mm. Utopia. Yeah, it, it ubiquitous is Latin. So uh, it's like Utopia. It's uh, Well, I mean, from Utopia takes up some Greek and mixes it up with the Latin. But it is you know, from the Latin. trying to solve this. <laughs> Abe is trying to solve a Rubik's Cube while uh, hosting the podcast today. He's yeah. just that talented, folks. All right, I should stop that. All right, so, uh, yeah, ubiquitous, that's an adjective. Mm. It, I'm a little bit confused because it also... Well, the ubiquitous heart. Sometimes I feel like it sounds like a noun, but it does, but it's not. Ubiquity is a noun. Ubiquity. Yeah, ubiquity. Um, Okay, so ubiquitous is a descriptive word because it's an adjective, and it means existing everywhere or being everywhere, or turning up everywhere, Mm. which is what Aaron does. Turns up everywhere, right? Uh, Nothing gets nothing gets by me. (laughs) I'm turning up. Why, Why not just use omnipresent? Um, good question, because that is what it means. It means omnipresent. Um, so why aren't we doing that word? Why are we doing this ubiquity BS? Just kidding. <laughs> omnipresent is good, but it also has a, uh, maybe a connotation, like a religious connotation. Like, oh. we're talking about a being who is everywhere. All seeing, all knowing. All seeing, all knowing, or something like all that. All doing. So you, yeah. Okay. So Fair you, enough. I'll buy that. Yeah, but you could you could say like the internet is omnipresent or something like that. Yeah, in a or, negative uh, way. <laughs> ubiquitous. Our phones are omnipresent and ubiquitous. No, not ubiquitous, but yeah. this, technology. The cell phone network. Technology is ubiquitous, yeah. and yeah, and they're listening to us. I do <laughs> want to say that I think my uh, definition of being able to take like a podcast being ubiquitous is wrong. I think it could be maybe ubiquitous for you, but I do think. Like, just because you can take something with you wherever you go, that doesn't make it ubiquitous. Ubiquitous tends to uh, uh, describe the atmosphere, right? Or, like, the culture you're in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. ubiquitous would be, like, if our podcast was Playing pumped. At Denny's. Yeah. yeah, it was pumped. It, it was pumped from speakers, like, on street corners everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it was in bathrooms. It was, there was one radio... Are you describing a utopia right now? I might be. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mentioned there was one radio station, and it was just our podcast 24 hours a day. Right. One TV show, and it was just our podcast, the audio of it. Every... Are you talking about state radio? Yes. 
Um, so it was funny that it's coincidental that you say that, you know, omnipresent has this like spiritual meaning to it because the original meaning of ubiquitous was spiritual. Oh. It was theological. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you should talk about that. Yeah, let's hear about it. <laughs> All right. So ubiquity is a noun and it is from the 1570s where the the prefix UV means where, qua is any, also, or ever, and so, you know, you get the, the word. Um, ubiquitous is used to describe the omnipresence of Jesus Christ. Mm. So it was actually a, a theological, con uh, it was a theology that was controversial in the 1500s, because of course it would be when, you know, the Protestants are arguing against the Catholics and the Catholics are arguing against the Protestants and so, so et cetera. does a word like this come out of like monks reading just Latin all the time? And so they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just like coming up with Latin words for the things they're trying to describe. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So their neologisms are all Latin based or Greek based and yeah. And they're all reading the Bible and thinking about, you know, theology. So, yeah, they're trying well, to come up with words for that kind of stuff. So was this like a, I don't know if you know if it was a Catholic or a Protestant term or something like that, but... Protestant. It's a Protestant yeah. term? Hmm. Oh, I think... Why? What was your question anyway? Well, I was, I guess I was wondering why it would be um, controversial that God is everywhere. Right. So it's it's related to a very specific issue. So, you know, the Catholics believe that the Eucharist, right, the little wafer cookie <laughs> that, that the priest gives you to eat with the, along with the wine. So in Catholicism, they believe that the Eucharist is the literal body of Christ, right, mm -hmm. and that you are consuming his body and his blood, right, mm -hmm. through the miracle of transubstantiation, right, that it that somehow this wafer and this wine are still are still bread and wine, but at the same time also the body and blood of Christ. Because a guy said a bunch of words in front of them, an altar, <clears throat> with the bread and the wine. <laughs> right. Because uh, as, uh, um, who was it again? Uh, Pink Floyd says, you know, the, the guy up there says some magic words. <laughs> Right, and uh, it turns into that. Um, you know, the, the Protestants, but the Protestants come in, right, and they have a problem with that idea, right, that, that somehow this is the literal body of Christ. And so they say, it's not the literal body of Christ, it's just a symbol, right, that when Jesus sat down with his disciples to, to break bread and to drink the wine, that what he was actually teaching them was that this was a symbol of what he was going to experience, right? That his body would be broken and his blood would be shed. The Catholics take that, like, literally, right? And so they have their doctrine of the Eucharist, but the Protestants say, no, let's read that symbolically. So the question becomes, you know, is like, is, there's this kind of Protestant sect and I think they're Lutherans that come up and say they kind of want to do both, right? They want to be Protestant and Catholic, right? So when they're asked the question, does the Eucharist contain, you know, is the Eucharist the body of Christ? The, uh, the One of the Protestant answers is, 
Well, yes, but only because Christ is ubiquitous. <laughs> and so in that By sense, virtue of him being everywhere, of course. It's, right. Uh, so it's in there. that way, they're able to get away with, <laughs> with like... Semantics. Uh, yeah, they're able to agree with the Catholics, right? And say like, yes, it is, but only in this sense, right? And so they kind of like are able to side with Protestants also. Mm. So, yeah, that's where this word comes from. <laughs> it's funny. so crazy. Yeah, That's funny. Because I, I do think it would be funny today to hear a, a pastor of a church be like, God is ubiquitous. You know, like that doesn't sound like a good thing or whatever. Right. And his denomination would be called ubiquitarian. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real word too, by the way. Because it was used oh. to describe the people who... who who promoted that doctrine so if you promote the doctrine you're you're an ubiquitarian in the same way that you would be a presbyterian or an evangelical or a pentecostal or a baptist i'm gonna start that one back up which one ubiquitarian oh yeah. just so i could get a tax break you know just have some <laughs> people meet my living oh, what is it the church of spaghetti what is it called the, the flying pasta, spaghetti monster the monster religion Oh, yeah. I know ubiquity is probably one of the first uh, ubiquity when it comes to like Christ is probably one of the first ways that I understood like God or something or Jesus because my parents would say I'd go like oh I'm gonna get away with this or get away with that my parents would go no like God's everywhere right. he sees you you know and like oh and I used to believe it right when I was a kid so I'd be like oh crap so even when I would mess up I would think like somebody was watching me mm-hmm. you know it's a panopticon yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> self-policing it is precisely that yeah Yeah, these parents tried to trick us into raising ourselves what the hell (laughs) did it work uh depends (laughs) well we are fully grown (laughs) we're We're surviving we're adult size we're surviving we pay rent i mean yeah the the ubiquitarians is a sect or denomination that doesn't exist anymore they they stopped existing after the 1600s they were only like in vogue for a little while and then they were gone and that's it <laughs> so much for being ubiquitous yeah and i think and so like i think when people discuss theology now <laughs> when people discuss theology now they don't use the word ubiquitous they use the word omnipresent mm. yeah so yeah that's there's just a cultural shift with that word mm-hmm. yeah I don't know when it happened, but when we started feeling, I, I see it used a lot, especially with technology. You guys brought that up, right? But um, or just something that feels like it's encroaching on you, and not in a necessarily positive way. Uh, I'm trying to think of a positive example that I might have might use. Um, well, you should go to Greece. The wine is ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird. Mm. Right, you would be a wine snob talking like that, right? I don't. Well, I'm dr- drinking whatever they give me, so I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Well, speaking of, I don't know if this is positive, but like people would say Starbucks, right? Are ubiquitous. Oh, oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Dude. the good thing about Starbucks is they're ubiquitous. I can't. Yeah, even spinning that positively. There's, sounds there's weird. no other business that has can have two on a block and not be like a big concern. 
I'm concerned. There's four well, I mean, near me. Oh, no. When I say not concerned, it's just like people were like, oh, whatever. That's that's Starbucks. That's usual. You're not yeah. worried about which one's going to close down. Yeah. yeah. And now that I have a Mac, I can be one of those Mac people at Starbucks. Mm, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. I can choose one of the four. <laughs> Macs are ubiquitous, ubiquitous at Starbucks. Yeah. And if Starbucks are ubiquitous in our world, then, you know, the Mac guy at the Starbucks is ubiquitous. In LA, LA, especially. In LA. Well, you can go far out. People are, you know, taking that everywhere, I think. Go to West Covina, you'll find the guy who wishes he was in LA. Yeah, but West Coast is still LA. West Covina. <laughs> knows how to, knows how to party. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Cameras are ubiquitous. I remember watching TV maybe around, like the late 90s and hearing the phrase cameras are everywhere quite frequently on mm. TV because <clears throat> people were like Get maybe becoming conscious everywhere. of that fact that we're like putting cameras everywhere yeah and you, places like city of London there literally are cameras everywhere mm-hmm. yeah, probably not just there but yeah that's just the ones we hear about mm-hmm. AOL discs for a period, like in the '90s, mm. were at, were ub- ubiquitous. They were just they were everywhere on the street. They were, they were spilling um, out of mailboxes. Yeah, they were yeah. spilling out of like ca- even like a cafe. Like every they were literally everywhere. They were at restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like you would go to a restaurant where the magazine section is. There would be a stack of AOL discs there. I remember that, like a Denny's right. or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just want you to install their internet uh, <laughs> application. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the phone. Yeah. My grandpa just starts talking. That, that should be with my grandpa just starting to talk, like dial a phone and talk. You've got mail. I liked it when they would send you the disc though in the little tin can. It was a like a rectangular tin oh, can. Oh yeah. And then I would yeah. use those to put all my other CDs. Yeah, I remember that now. It was a, it was a rare treat, but it happened. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was cool. They were ubiquitous. Yeah. What happened to all those discs? I think they're still. I, I heard like someone starting to write about how they're still like it's like garbage. Uh, what do they call like when something's like pollution or no, not pollution. I'm thinking of the word like like e like, junk waste. I don't know. Like yeah, it's like waste now. Like there's a lot of them still out there actually. Yeah, are oh. they all like buried in a desert somewhere? They're they're in like some that? landfill. Like they're somewhere, in landfills. Yeah. Like they're, the I think they're in the ocean. Yeah, probably in the ocean too. Yeah, sadly. That's. Yeah, well, uh, to connect uh, the idea of ubiquity to uh, spiritualism, I mean, not really spiritualism, but maybe godlike powers. A lot of times, maybe when we talk about something being ubiquitous, we might be talking about something that is co- uh, powerful and <laughs> controlling our lives in a way, mm-hmm. and, and it's everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So almost like a godlike force, I guess. Yeah, except that ubiquitous is such an ugly word, I feel, you know? I like it. Like, you sound, you sound mean? Like, pronouncing it ubiquitous. I don't know. No, I like it because it goes, you been, uh, que, you you know, it's got the, it's got, uh, you, uh, the Y sound. Oh, a Y and a W, ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like See, it. you're a writer of lyrics, though, so that's why you're, like, listening for out for certain yeah. aspects, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I would never use that word in a song. Hmm. It's ubiquitous. That was beautiful. Your love. Ubiquity in the city. There you go. But you have to change it to ubiquity. 
Ubiquity in the city. <laughs> so, there's a song in there somewhere. Come on. I gotta say it was in Ubiquitous Day or what? Oh, there you, go. <laughs> you gotta add say. Yeah. How, how would you write that into a song? No, I, I do think that there are certain words that are just ugly. Mm. I feel like this is one of them. Dang. Anything probably with like a quas. Do you use no. it? Kumquat. No. As a teacher, you know, talking about things. Yeah, but, you know, like, the, the your role as a professor allows you to use awkward-sounding words like it, mm. you know? Because that's kind of the marker <laughs> of, of being... Inaccessibility the, of ivory tower. Yeah, yeah, where you speak in a language that, you know, people Esoteric. can't even pronounce. <laughs> Ubiquitous. Yeah. I, I was... I like the word, maybe because I learned it a little later, but I did start applying it a lot to things and uh, maybe even over applying it to the <laughs> point where I'm like in a bar, like, it's ubiquitous. You know, th- you don't want to <laughs> hang out with that guy. I think the guy in the MacBook at Starbucks becomes that guy at the bar later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, be careful of guys with glasses and uh, <laughs> stubble. Who play in bands, stuff like that, who have a band, and who do a podcast. Oh my gosh. This is... Those guys are the worst, dude. <laughs> Everybody's got a podcast. And they're podcast. omnipresent. Ubiquitous. And omnipotent. Yeah. Podcasts, I think, are ubiquitous. I wish they were more ubiquitous. I wish more people listened to podcasts. I honestly think they're a literate way of uh, receiving information. And mm-hmm. not everybody does that, you know, I think. I would say I would, everybody from up to age 40 listens to at least like yeah. three podcasts. Maybe so. You think so? I, I think I, the, Millennial so. and whatever generation is after millennials, then yeah, they're, like they're listening my, to podcasts most. My 18-year-old students don't. No way. They ha- Well, maybe, I don't know. They're not Just not the ones tons. we know about, but they're listening to podcasts. They're listening to I something. Know it. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. It's just I, the dumb stuff that they're into. I hate the fact that um, the gaming videos, the gaming video sections on YouTube are full of, um, what's that game called again? What's that? Minecraft? Fortnite Oh, Fortnite. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Fortnite Fortnite videos are ubiquitous all over the place. I'm like, I want to watch something else about gaming. No, you know what? No Fortnite, please. This is interesting because I don't get that on my YouTube feed. Really? Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. All of our algorithms are different. No, I'm talking about the uh, the section on YouTube that's called the... What is it called again? The... Uh... Gaming? Well, you have to go there first. I don't really watch people play games, and my algorithm knows that, so it doesn't show me that. Is it like the top videos or something like that? Top videos, and then mm. you, you go gaming, and then it's just full of that stuff. Mm. For me, the page when I go to YouTube is just like... It's algorithmic to my, like, it just immediately is yeah, algorithmic to my, like, lo- like Yeah, likes. I'm not referring to that page. Well, one yeah. of the things I want to point out about what you're saying, I'm sorry about the Fortnite videos, by the way. I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> take care of you later. But Thank you. One of the things I want to say about that is that our uh, digital environment is making it seem like certain things are ubiquitous when they're really just for you now. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought a million people... Um, hated The Last Jedi or something like that, but it was really, nobody really thinks about The Last Jedi that much. But 
because my YouTube algorithm's like, oh, he's like that guy at the <laughs> coffee shop with the Mac. He loves these kinds of videos. So right. I'll think like the world is like that now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now we're all living in our own worlds where things seem more uh, ubiquitous. more ubiquitous than they are. <laughs> We're all in a delusion of... Yeah, that's crazy. Technology creates that that sense of ubiquity, right? Well, it does now. Yeah, it normalizes a ubiquity in our own personal interfaces. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like my Instagram and hit Facebook are full of, like, ads for, like, whiskey and, like, gin. <laughs> like, it, it's like, you know... What a coincidence. So are mine. <laughs> And also my news feed too. And since they found out that you know I like that's what I like, and I'm always getting the, some kind of news story though. The best summer cocktails, top ten, you know. <laughs> Mine's is full of time. political stuff of the day, oh, yeah. and I, you gotta drink I, more. so I stay I stay out of it. So because it just makes me depressed, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they're sending it to you for a reason. So you must be looking at articles or something that must have given them, or they're listening to you talk. Go click yeah. around on some random stuff and screw yeah. up your algorithm yeah. a little yeah. bit, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I recommend? Go to like the Joe Rogan podcast because I feel like... No, we'll... don't do that. No, Unless no, you no, want I to don't... learn about MRAs. That's what I mean. It'll, it'll change your algorithm. I feel like once I started listening to Joe Rogan, like my whole algorithm for YouTube just completely changed within like a few weeks. Yeah, but yeah. then it And your muscles working. started growing. I started getting like, I started like taking alpha, <laughs> like four pills of alpha brain a day. Yeah. Your testosterone was <laughs> yeah. shot through the roof. Yeah, but then like, uh, I think I did something like that once, but then it started recommending like all the like conservative fascist YouTubers oh, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I was like, uh, why is this here? Stop. Yeah. You gotta clear that history. And See, start why did over. mine start recommending like all these conspiracy theories about like aliens <laughs> and UFOs? And you know what's funny? I was uh, watching, and I think YouTube actually has normalized um, hate speech, actually. And I think it's totally algorithmic. I don't think it's anybody with their finger on the pulse of what's going on. But I fell asleep watching like Last Jedi reviews. And then in the middle of the night, this guy was like, the last Jedi is beautifully shot. The cinematography is beautiful and the acting is perfect. And then this Asian bitch comes out of nowhere. And I'm oh like, what's God. happening? And I was so pissed off too, because I like added to this guy's like count yeah. or whatever. And now YouTube thinks like, I like this, you know, <laughs> I was pissed. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it it really does make you feel that like racism is everywhere now, right? Mm. And it's, it's always I mean, been. Is it? It's just more is it, visible now. It's out yeah. in the open. They're not ashamed as much anymore. Oh, like police brutality would be a similar example, right? Like right. it seems like people people act like it's new. Mm-hmm. Or something that it's just something that started happening, but no, it's because of the ubiquitousness of cra- cameras mm-hmm. and other like recording devices, right. in part, right? That sort of makes it more visible. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's any hard, like, is it worse now? I don't know because I mean I've been hearing about stories about like family members of mine being beaten up by cops for years. Like it's family part of our family like stories. So I don't know. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Technology has definitely changed what we see. That's for sure. And some of it's good. Like, we never saw so many 
dogs hugging cats before because it wasn't on the news. <laughs> but it happens every day, I guess. And uh, that's good to know. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, like dog, cat, pet pairings and like friendships are something we didn't really know. <laughs> Or didn't seem like we knew existed as much as it does. So, so that's part of your algorithm too, guys? <laughs> Actually, it is. <laughs> yeah. So the problem is, technology allows us to see too much. More than we need to. Mm. I don't know if anything's a problem. I don't mm. know if that's a problem. I'm positing a theory here. That's yeah. I don't really believe in anything. <laughs> okay. Well... Well, we nihilism should... is a ubiquitous too. Sorry. What yeah, we should uh, start the ubiquitarian sect. That's what I say. Yeah, let's get it. Well, let's the get back the Unitarians got something. Why can't the ubiquitarians? <laughs> ubiquitarians. <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, register this church, and we'll be right back with a piece of literature. Tax exempt. On each episode of Extreme Vocabulary, we feature a piece of literature that uses today's word. Efren, you're over there uh, in the corner table of the Starbucks looking at a Mac. Nicely groomed beard. Um, what are you looking at today? Oh, nice flannel too. <laughs> uh, well... Are you listening uh, to the Cranberries? Um, while I write a screenplay, yes. Um, a screenplay about... Uh, time travel so but in between writing that screenplay about time travel which has never been done before I have a piece of literature <laughs> I have a piece of literature I sneak that in yeah yeah it well is, you could go back to time and make sure nobody else I, writes uh, that's that's the plan back to that's the, the plan yeah. that's the plan <laughs> uh Nobody's ever done that before. They have not. So, I have a, a work called The Secret Miracle by Jorge Luis Borges. Uh, this is a story about a writer who has been sentenced to the firing squad, uh, but he wants, to, he wants time to write his final work, his final masterwork. Uh, and it's the, day, it's the day before he's gonna be executed, and that night he has this dream that he's in a library. And, uh, and the word, our word comes up here. So let me read it. So he's in the library here. This is the day before he's going to be executed. He dreams this. A reader came in to return an atlas. This atlas is worthless, he said, and handed it to Lodic. Lodic is the main character, who opened it at random. He saw a map of India as in a daze. Suddenly sure of himself, he touched one of the tiniest letters. A ubiquitous voice said to him, the time of your labor has been granted. At this point, Halotic awoke. So he awakes from the dream, and this is the day that they're about to take him to the firing squad. Um, and as he's, on, as he's standing at the firing squad, uh, the time is granted, and he does write, finish writing the masterwork. Time stops for Halotic. And this is the sort of moment, uh, you know, he's suddenly sure of himself. He touched one of the tiniest letters. A ubiquitous voice said to him, the time of your labor has been granted. And at that point, he awoke. Oh, so that was a voice in his dream, but also in real life. Yes. 
Because he, like, fell asleep while they were sentencing him. Oh, the night before he was to be executed, he dreamt oh, being yeah. in this library. And the ubiquitous voice uh, is presumably God, right? Um, but it's also somebody telling him that he has been granted more time. Right. Like, for, like a... Like a jailer or something like that? No, no, no. This is he hasn't actually been granted oh. a more time uh, by the jailer. Oh, time stops so that he can finish. Mm-hmm. Time itself stops. Everybody's frozen, and he's sitting there uh, still. He can't really move, but he can think. Oh, I'm sorry. So this is like a time travel story. It's no, a time it's stop story. Time yeah, stop story. Time yeah. stop story. Yeah. For except for him. You know, no one's ever done that before. Right. A time stop story. There goes your screenplay. Oh, the new Sonic movie, though. Yeah, they've done, like, the slow motion thing, right? Mm. But, yeah, not time stop, I think. Yeah. Cool. I heard this story was made into a Twilight Zone episode, I think, right? It might have been. So maybe somebody Mm. actually shot this or something. Mm. Or a version of this story. So one of the things is like just off the top, we've already been talking about the connection between ubiquity and God, and here is a sort of literary manifestation of it, right, in literature. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's used theologically, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a theological word, the ubiquitous voice, the voice that's everywhere. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of his stories are actually dealing with like theological ideas, and like turning them into fiction. In this case, you know, God's ability to, like, stop time completely, mm. right? I think he was always interested in that concept of, like, what would time be for a deity, right? Or for God. Mm. Um, yeah. I like, uh, <clears throat> I mean, in the context of the story, when he says you, the, there's a ubiquitous voice, that doesn't really mean uh, anything literally, it, it would mean like a voice surrounding your head, I guess, or something like that. But it actually sounds like uh, it really was a voice that commanded everything because it actually created this uh, betrayal of the law of physics or something. So it sounded maybe to him like, hey, somebody's on both sides of my head. Um, but it conveys that, but it also conveys that, like, yeah, this was a super powerful force that affected the entire universe mm-hmm. yeah right i think the, the the use of the adjective ubiquitous here is specifically meant to signify like god right or omnipotence mm-hmm. or omnipresence like that's how we know as a reader that he's talking about god and not just like his own just his own head or something mm-hmm. or just like a jailer or just like somebody you know well i would have thought that actually i would have thought he just used it as a adjective for how the voice sounded Mm -hmm. if i uh didn't think about what the rest of the story you know was about in context with that voice have you guys ever heard of a a ubiquitous voice not heard of but have you ever heard a ubiquitous voice what would what would be a ubiquitous voice I don't know, like a lot of people, like if you go to church long enough, like somebody will tell you, like, I actually heard God. Like he told me uh-huh. something like to do something just this once. I imagine that if you're out at sea, you might experience something like a ubiquitous sound, right? Like the sound that just Any kind of, of hallucinatory seems to come state from, you're in? 
Well, because you're surrounded by the sea, so like the sea itself, you know, the oh. sound it's making just kind of like comes from all directions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's probably the closest to some actual like material experience of a ubiquitous sound or something. It, it, like seem, it seems like nature would have to be involved in some way, right, mm -hmm. for it to be ubiquitous. Yeah. I don't know. If you walk outside, you're gonna hear cars from every direction in the the well, city. Not everywhere, but in the right spot yeah yeah here here definitely yeah. in the middle <laughs> but, of the freeway not too far from here yeah are we ubiquitous to each other by creating memories of ourselves in other people i suppose that's one way to think about it like uh i have mm. a friend <laughs> actually um yeah i don't i don't talk to him anymore but we were together a lot in college. He was actually my friend's friend, and he was always in the apartment, and he was just, like, pretty critical when you're playing video games. He'd be like, why are you going that way? You could have just gone that way or something. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, but I kind of, like, it's fun to jump on this platform or something like that. He's like, yeah, but it takes longer. And anyways, when I'm playing video games, sometimes I still hear his voice, like, critiquing me. <laughs> For being inefficient in my video gaming. This sounds like unresolved tra trauma. You need to like, go is, talk to him and like have him say, make him say to you, like, Josh, it's okay. Whatever you want to do and have fun. It's your choice and there's no right or wrong answers here. And to pat you on the back and I think you'd be over with. Oh, man. But that I'm just like saying that route was still shorter. <laughs> <laughs> there was a warp there, however. But okay. Like yeah, then I just feel stupid for thinking about it for the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, like, voices that stick with you for some reason. I don't know that they're ubiquitous, though. They just seem to, like, they're appear They strategically pop up when, yeah. you know, when trauma or, like, some kind of, you know, yeah, inadequacy how, pops up. Yeah. yeah, that's how trauma works. It just kind of shows up mm -hmm. <laughs> and, like the right time <laughs> it's said like it's always under the surface and then it just takes the right set of circumstances to like for have for it to reemerge right mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah things that are not ubiquitous well abe you and me uh we grew up in the church did you ever feel like god was ubiquitous in your life yeah still still <laughs> nice still what's uh, he saying uh -huh. what is he usually saying Oh, that, well, nothing you could should share. I be talking about that? Nothing you could have shared? <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it just has more to do with, like, salvation, I guess. Mm. Mm. He's like, like don't forget to clear your cookies. <laughs> clear cookies. He's not clear, clear, clear browsing history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was that. like, what? Wait a minute, what are you talking about? That's just muscle memory at this point. You probably thought it worse than you meant it, and then I brought in. No, I was thinking about like actual cookies, like, like baking cookies. I was oh, like, wait, what? <laughs> like making sure you finish all your food or something? Yeah, but make sure that one hand knows what the other hand wait, is doing. God is not supposed to constantly. Well, that's an interesting idea because I guess Paul. Um, that's gross, Aaron. Because uh, Paul was talking. I was talking about faith and works and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. you're still thinking about salvation all the time. Like a, a lot of people feel pretty confident in their 
salvation. Like when they talk to God, they're not like, "Am I still?" Maybe that's no, their maybe that's not... their problem. Maybe that's no, their problem. I think there's people who don't who aren't always sure, but yeah, but like. Yeah, I guess in terms of like the ubiquity of God, it is always more like, like what should I be doing at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more worried. I'm more worried. It's about more like people. that, I think. I'm sorry to interrupt you, like but morality. I'm more. I'm more worried about people that are sure and like cocksure, no question about their salvation. I'm worried about them more than the people that are not sure. <clears throat> They're probably the people I got to worry about less. Yeah, I think if you I can might generalize. have something. Yeah, I I totally get that point. You know. Like, uh, I don't know, like the, the evangelicals who like voted for Trump or something like that seem to be like people who are so completely sure about Yeah, it's like an arrogance. And I'm like, it's an arrogant um, uh, demeanor and everything. I wish you would question yourself a little bit more. Exactly. Jesus is American. We all know. (laughs) And he carries an AK. He signed the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a church the out there that, like, they hold AKs and, like, have hold service, yeah. And they yeah. shoot snakes. <laughs> uh, I don't think they even have snakes anymore. Yeah. They That's what we'll do in the uh, ubiquitarians. <laughs> yeah. snake. I was born snake a snake shooting. handler, I'll die a snake handler. <laughs> yeah, and the ubiquitarians will, uh, will acknowledge God's presence everywhere as a mode of questioning ourselves <laughs> at every moment. Okay. I was thinking in every bullet. Okay. God is in every bullet. Is that the, is that the u- ubiquitarianism? It's like, yeah, God is here and He's guiding my bullet to kill like all these, you know, like liberals and yeah, <laughs> oh, there's all liberals and like, brown mu- Muslims, and yeah. I wear a full metal jacket when the drill sergeant's like, "Oh, we we keep uh, Jesus loves us because we keep heaven packed with fresh souls, right?" Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Full metal jacket, folks. You know, uh, ubiquity uh, and religion also kind of skews the other way. Not only is God in every uh, thing that I do, but like the devil devil. is also Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. The devil's always tempting us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, like, like every movie is like made by demons or something like that if you want to be uh, that may be true but yeah <laughs> if you want to go the, Alex the horn Jones, the I horn mean. producers you know would you like to elaborate on that effort <laughs> that's for another podcast mm. <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah well, well speaking about um you know the li- extra dimensional blood-sucking lizards they seem to be ubiquitous right like when it comes to like the conspiracy theories about these Again, these extra-dimensional creatures, they seem the to Anunnaki. be everywhere, right? And I think that's kind of like the, the power of, like, conspiracy, right? It's that it, it, it has it explanatory doubt. power so that, mm. you know, it creates the, the... Whatever creature you're imagining is everywhere, yeah. It's, it becomes mythology, like its yeah, own mythology. It's, right. it's at the forefront, it's in everyone's mind, it's talked about, mm-hmm. and the ideas out there, and it gives it, gives it life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before where none existed. Wow. Mm. All right. Okay, well, um, let's try to think of a song in our next <laughs> segment. Uh, anything else before we go? The Ubiquitarians. Is that a song? No? It sounds okay, like a TV mind. show. It should be if it's not. <laughs> you are everywhere in everything. 
ubiquitarians. <laughs> oh, I thought that was real. Yeah. You just made that up on the spot? Yeah, for a second, I thought you were it's brilliant. I know, I thought it was a real I song. Bad. It's sort of to the beat of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> like, mm. <clears throat> All right, we'll be right back. On each episode of Extreme Vocabulary, we like to choose a song that relates to today's word, then we play a little bit of it at the end, and uh, yeah, so that. Ubiquitous is, like I said, I like the way it sounds as a word, but I don't imagine somebody, a a lyricist wanting to sing it. Sammy Hagar might not. I can't drive. Ubiquitous. I can't even think of a song that contains the word at all. Can you? I can't. No. There's never going to be there. ubiquitous. Never going <laughs> to There's nothing out there. Yeah. You can't rickroll that one either. I do have a really good choice, mm, but I want to hear your guys' choices first. I have a not so great choice, but it's also what is everybody wants to rule the world. Uh, oh, that's because right. it's everybody. Buddy. As close as I could get. It's a ubi- well, they are saying like there's like this feeling that everybody has, mm-hmm. a ubiquitous feeling. Feeling. Yeah, but I kind of think that's more about power than about ubiquity. It's about human nature and power. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Is that the same thing with like message in a bottle? You know, the idea that like he throws out the, this message in a bottle out into sea and then he gets back a whole bunch of other ones. And uh, 100 million bottles oh, yeah. on the shore, man. Mm. Was yeah. it Everybody Must Get High by uh, the Bob Dylan song? That's another one. Everybody That's, Must Get Stoned. Stoned, yes. Mm. Everybody Must Get Stoned. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, um, I don't know. What Have I Done Deserve This by the Pet Shop Boys? Uh, <laughs> Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. What were you thinking of, Josh? Oh, you know, I, I'm going to give you a couple options. Um... Here comes the sun. The sun is everywhere. Now, I, I don't really like that one, but I had to throw in a Beatles option. Um, you know that uh, Michelle Branch song? You're every something, right? Yeah. You're everywhere? Yeah, you're everywhere to me. I, and oh. when I close my oh. eyes, it's you I see. Mm. I guess that's pretty. Is it, is it catchy it's at all? Not that it matters, it is. but is it's, it? it's like poppy 2000s. Yeah. You don't that. know that if that song's catchy? Sing it. I don't. You're everywhere to me. That's good. And when I close my eyes, it's you I see. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good you song. You really just you knew it the whole no, time. No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it's I actually swear. it's the perfect song, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I I, I I I know it now. I didn't know it before. I didn't know it. Chicago Transit Authority. The which one? <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, Saturday in the park. <laughs> yeah. No, feeling stronger every day. No, it doesn't have anything to do with ubiquity. I thought that was Chicago Saturday. That is Park. Chicago Transit Authority. That's the original. Oh, that's name. right. Mm-hmm. Nice. But yeah, no, Marcel Branch is. Is but there's probably. Is it? Yeah. You are everywhere. You are. Because that's the closest we're gonna get to ubiquity, and it's you're everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another song that has that. Yeah, she really conveys ubiquity in that song. I think she was 15 years old when she wrote that. Isn't there a Richard? Is it Richard Marks? No, no, no. Uh, whatever you do, I'll be right there right waiting, here waiting for, for you. you. Yeah. That's also another. That is Richard. Oh, uh, you're. That's also more like you're somewhere. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna make myself appear ubiquitous to you. It's <laughs> creepy. So many yeah. love songs are creepy, but no, I, I think the I think that one's the best one that you said though, the branch. 
All right. Thoughts, Abe? Did you think of anything? The Michelle Branch one sounds good, but yeah, it's nothing comes to it, it'll, it'll get the millennials nostalgic, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It gets me nostalgic. Yeah, we do remember that time. What's up, Michelle? How you doing? How you doing out there? Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Walkie on Paradise by Erika Imura. This song is your every... Let me actually look up the name of the song. I think it's your everywhere to me. Your While you're looking everywhere to me. Oh, it's just called everywhere. All right. Um, that's good. <clears throat> that's the word. That's almost the word. Yeah, it's... By Michelle Branch. Email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at extremevocab. I'm Josh. I'm Abraham. He's Efren. And that's Aaron. Don't. They've never seen you before. (laughs) All right. Good luck with that one. It makes it fun. I was just following his lead. Yeah, I know. We're everywhere. All right, see you next time. See me